Welcome to Hope Community Podcast. It's great to have you join us today listening online. We pray you'll be impacted by our message this week. Enjoy. Uh, We're going to get right into it. As I said, we are in this series on prayer. It is week two. Today we are looking at a prayer that we call the Lord's Prayer. How many people are familiar with the Lord's Prayer? Raise your hand if that's you. How many people grew up having to recite the Lord's Prayer somewhere? How many people? That's pretty amazing. That's at least half the room. Uh, In church, how many people would do that regularly in church? Okay, school. How many people grew up in a school? Yeah, wow. Awesome. Okay, that's good. Um, It's funny because the people who haven't done that, often like whenever it comes to that time where someone will spontaneously have this idea and say, hey, why don't we just recite the Lord's Prayer together? Everyone who doesn't know it off by heart just goes, "Uh uh-oh. Like, am I even a Christian if I haven't memorised the Lord's Prayer, right? So we're going to be having a look at this more today. And I thought what would be cool to do as we start out, this is a bit different for us, so just stay with me. But I thought it'd be cool if we just started by reciting the Lord's Prayer together. How's that sound? Can I ask you to jump on your feet? It's going to come up on the screen. So just, <laughs> it's okay. So here we go. Let's, let's go all together, church. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. Amen. Give someone a high five as you take your seat. If you have your Bible, jump to Matthew 6, get your pen out, get ready to underline, dirty Bible, clean heart. If you already got some stuff highlighted in Matthew 6, just show the person next to you because it means you're holy. (laughs) Amen. Matthew 6. Verse 5, I want to show you something in the Scriptures that you may have not seen before today. And uh, I hope that there may be something fresh in this just as we come to God's Word today. Matthew 6, verse 5, this is Jesus speaking. He says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth. That is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. Did you see that? Did you see the word reward in there twice? Everyone loves the idea that we do something and we get something good in return for doing that. Amen? Does that sound good? It implies here in this scripture that there is a reward for praying how God calls us to pray. Okay, stay with me. Verse 7, Jesus says, When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. Nudge the person next to you if they're a babbler. 
Um, no, don't do that. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. So Jesus is saying that prayer is not about showing off. Okay? Some people think that's what that's all about. They want to look great by praying out loud. Yeah, how many people have had that experience, right, where you are praying with a group of people and you know that it's coming to your time and in your head, like, you've got some amazing stuff to pray. Like, there's just fire on this. When you release these words... It's going to be powerful. And then it gets to your turn to pray and just this jumbled mess of words come out. Is anyone with me? Does anyone know that experience? Is anyone fearful of that experience taking place? Everyone else is far more humble than me. Anyway, Jesus is saying, I want you to worry about that. Okay, this is not what it's about. Verse 8, he says, don't be like them. For your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. And so the big question that is raised here when we come to this place of prayer is that if our Father knows what we need even before we ask Him, then why pray, right? This is a fair question. Anyone who's like, yeah, I don't pray because God knows what I want. Let me speak to you this morning. Let God's Word get into you this morning because this is a fair question. And this is how Jesus responds and explains that further. He actually goes on and unpacks what we call the Lord's Prayer. And he says, essentially, this is what he says. He says, this isn't complicated. It's actually pretty simple. And here's what you should do. Now, we're going to have a look at this this morning, the Lord's Prayer. And I've, I've purposely got this in the New Living Translation just to change it up. For those who are really familiar with maybe the, the King James or the New King James or the NIV and you've You've, you know, it's just there and you've got it. The NLT puts it slightly different and maybe it'll just help make it a bit fresh for you this morning. So here we go. Matthew 6, and this is verse 9. Jesus starts by saying, pray like this. Pray our Father in heaven. Now, I don't know about you, but I find it easy to pray to a big Almighty, powerful God. I know that he, who, who he, that, that's who He is. I have, I have no doubt, um, I have no challenge understanding or believing that He is our Creator God, that He literally breathes what we know into creation, that that's who He is. Which brings this challenge that sometimes it's easy to pray to a God who seems somewhat distant or somewhat um, completely different to us. And yet here is Jesus and he's saying how I want you to actually start praying is by saying our father. And straight away this actually changes things because now it's relational. And um, I don't know if you're a dad in the room, um, I've got some bad news for you, okay? Because I am a really great father and <laughs> At least on two occasions for Father's Day, I actually, I received an award from my children that says, one that says, I am the most awesome father, and one that says, I am the greatest father. So for everyone who lost uh, on those years, I'm sorry about that, but I've, I've got my lunch bag and my mug to actually prove that for those two years in particular, it was true. 
So I understand what it is to be the world's greatest father and the world's most awesome father, all right? And understanding that, I know that it's actually, it's actually great when my kids uh, just do what I ask. Isn't it nice sometimes, rarely, when your children, you ask them to do something and they just say, sure, Dad, and they do it, right? That's good. It's good when your children are, are obedient. It's great when your children are helpful. They help out. And we love those things as fathers. As fathers. But there is nothing that actually compares to having a relationship with my children. Above everything else, I just, I just love them. And, and at the top of that list for me is a hug. Like if they know they really want to get to dad, like they know that a good hug is going to soften me right up. But relationally, there's intimacy in this relationship, right? It is far more than me just being their dad and them doing exactly what I say all the time. And, and, and my kids know that they can come to me into that, in that space. They know what, that when they come to me, as father and they've got something on their heart and they want to talk to me that they can say, Dad, hey, there's something I want to talk to you about. Or maybe they come to me and they say, Dad, hey, there's something I really need your help with. And you know what? As soon as I get a sense of that, do you know what my response is? I'm here for you. What do you need? Like, I'm the greatest dad, right? <laughs> uh, like, we're good here. And so Jesus takes what is really familiar, particularly to this, this Jewish group of people who he's speaking to and suddenly he takes it far beyond what they've known before into this relational space. But then Jesus does what he does best and he mixes it up, okay? And, and the next step is, is he, says, he says, pray this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name or, your, or may your name be kept holy. And so he says, he's, he's not just our father, but he's actually our perfect father. Perfect father. He's holy. He's set apart. And in that place of being set apart, we are called to actually reveal, revere him. There is this healthy fear of the Lord that actually reminds us that while we have this beautiful intimacy where we can go to him for anything, where we can have this amazing relationship at the same time. This is, this is God. He is the one who actually sustains breath in my lungs. This is, like, he is all powerful, right? The last time I tried to create a planet, I didn't get anywhere. And he just does it. Like he just flings stars into the sky, right? This is who our God is. And so we hold this tension between these two relationships where He is both and He's both and my personal, loving, caring Father. And you know who my Father is? He is the God who can put the stars in place. Are you with me on this? And so particularly this crowd who are so familiar with praying and probably are leaning more towards having a religious understanding of a God who is so set 
apart, so sacred, so sacred that they would be careful in some context to even utter the fullness of his name, that they're hearing this. And I'm sure that this was deeply challenging and profound to them. In Romans 8, Paul, uh, Paul actually calls us, he, he says, pray like this Abba Father, that our spirit, because we've been adopted into God's family, that our spirit actually cries out in this way. And it's, it's like we're saying, Daddy, Papa. And so Jesus is calling us to come into this place. And I want you to hear this this morning, is that there are some people in this room and that maybe because of the relationship that you had with your earthly father, maybe because of what you were taught in church as you were growing up or things like that, that you have no problem understanding our God as sovereign and almighty, but you are yet to encounter the love of a heavenly father. And can I just tell you that our deepest desire is for you to encounter the father's love. And when you do, everything is going to change for you. And if you're hearing this and you feel like Holy Spirit is knocking on my heart right now, can, can I encourage you, pursue that with everything that you have. Pursue that relationship with your Heavenly Father because God, you know what? God is desperate for you to know what a hug from Him feels like. He's ready for that and He's hungry for that. The next part of this prayer is such an important step. Verse 10, it says, Jesus says, May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And uh, we've just heard this great series on the kingdom from Pastor Tim. So we know that the kingdom of God is God's rule and reign. It's the dominion of His kingdom. And His kingdom is here and now it will be complete when Jesus returns and an evil one is overcome and God establishes new heaven and new earth and his reign is complete that we see it in that way. But here's the thing, when we come to this part of the prayer, one of the reasons that people do not pray is because they believe that God is in control of everything that takes place and therefore there is no reason to pray. That ultimately there's no point praying simply because God's going to do what God wants to do. So why would I bother even praying? And it's actually a scary line of thought because it leads us down a track where we end up, where we end up thinking that everything that takes place, both good and evil, is God's will. And I, I, I want you to hear this today, and this may challenge some people. We, this is a message in itself, okay? But I just, I just want you to hear me out. Is that every day, all around us, God's will is not being done. And is God ultimately in control? Is God sovereign? Yes, completely. There is no denying that, not challenging that in any way. But God has released a level of freedom and authority means that human will and evil also comes into play every single day. Now, I don't think that should really take any convincing for anyone in the room. If you just have a look around your personal life, you flick on the news for two seconds. And so the risk of the other line of thinking is that we see the evil and we say, well, this is the will of God. 
So why do we need to pray? Here is Jesus Himself and He is the one who is praying, Father, may Your kingdom come, may Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He does not need to pray that. He does not need to teach us to pray that if God's will is being done all the time. Are you with me? And so what takes us one step into a challenging space here is when we start to actually apply this to our lives and we start to see ourselves praying this, Father, may your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we picture ourselves maybe in our bedrooms or in our quiet place out on the back deck, whatever that looks like, where Jesus said, go away and pray this way. And we picture ourselves, now I am praying this. And I'm praying, Father, not my will be done, but your will be done. Be done. Otherwise, you know what this prayer is? May my kingdom come, may my will be done. All right? And that's not what it says. And we come to the Lord with all these prayers and all these requests, and yet Jesus is saying, Come and pray that it may be the Father's will that is done on earth, that it is in heaven. This is a prayer of surrender. This is a posture, a heart position of surrender that I would come to the Father and in my heart I would be praying, Lord, I know how good you are. I know how good your plans and your ways are. Father, help me to know your will and see your will done in my life and through my life. Do we really want that? Do we really want that? Because some of us are saying, "Uh uh-uh. Like I like this better when I can come to this prayer and I can pray, Father, I know your will's good, but there's some things I really want. Could you just do these things? And it's not surrender. Here at Hope Community, um, Our heart is to lead people to become fully surrendered followers of Jesus. And those words in there are really intentional. And I love what Ali shared today because part of her testimony was this story of God leading her through a process of surrender. And we believe that that's what the life that God calls us to actually looks like. And so our heart is to see God using us at Hope Community to lead people into greater and greater surrender. And that's going to be our life, our earthly life, is learning how to surrender more and more to the Father. Okay, verse 11, give us today the food we need. Um, For the Jews that heard this straight away, they're thinking of manna. So they're going back and they're reminded of how the Lord provided for them in the wilderness daily that they could go and collect their food and that God supernaturally provided for them and they didn't have to go hungry. And once again, this is a challenging place in this prayer for me because I actually, like I would, I would every like daily provision, like God, would you provide for me just enough for one day? And then I'll trust you again tomorrow for the next day. In all honesty, I would much rather pray like, Lord, bless me today. Pour it out. Like retirement's coming. I want to be comfortable there. You know, the car's getting old. Like love to update the car. 
like I'm thinking about tomorrow and you're telling me just come to you and trust you with today. I wonder what it would really be like for us to just trust God for provision in that way, daily provision. For Liz and I, um, provision has been probably one of the greatest topics of our testimony of God's goodness to us. And uh, I was just thinking about this recently, but um, we've seen God do so many amazing things in the way of of provision. And when we first stepped into ministry, uh, we were as poor as they could come. Like we we were poor, like we had nothing. And I just had a job where we were starting to potentially be able to get some money together in the future. And right then, that's when the church we were part of, they said, hey, we want you to come and work for us. And so we thought, well, Lord, um, we know what church ministry pay is like. So we know that means we're going to have nothing for a long time still. The arrangement was I'd, I'd get paid for three days a week. The rest of the time I'd go to Bible college. So we got a word from the Lord and uh, we stepped out in faith. And I remember at that time I went to Bible college one day and we were aware that Liz actually needed her wisdom teeth out and she'd been to the dentist and they'd said, hey, to get them out, it's going to cost about $5,000. And uh, we didn't have, like, we didn't have $5, let alone $5,000. And, so, like, some people say they're broke, like, like and, but they've got money in the bank and things like, like, there was no money in the bank, right? Like, there, there was nothing. And um, I went to Bible college one day and we were praying in groups together. And someone said, hey, Dan, is there, is there anything that we could pray about for you? And this was just really kind of, I was worrying about it. And so I said, yeah, actually, like Liz really needs her wisdom teeth out. We've got no money. We've been told it's going to cost 5000 I don't know how this is going to happen, but we really need God to do something. So we prayed about it in our group. And when we finished praying, one of the people in that group, came up to me and he said, well, Dan, when, when I'm not at Bible college, I'm actually a dental assistant at Logan Hospital. And I was like, okay, well, that sounds great. And he said, look, I'll, I'll, I'll do you a favour and I'll jump lists up the waiting list, okay? Don't tell anyone that he did this. And, <laughs> and, and we'll just get an appointment and we'll find out what the go is and we'll go from there, okay? But maybe we'll be able to help you out and maybe, just maybe, this could go through the public system. I said, man, that sounds great. So next thing I know, we've got an appointment, um, just favour of the Lord. And we go down to Logan Hospital there and we've got, you know, I've got a kid in tow. And so Liz goes into this appointment and I'm off entertaining a child. And uh, finally she comes out of this appointment and her mouth's like all full of stuff. She can't talk and uh, she's doing sign language trying to tell me what's going on. Now, we were just under the opinion that she was going in for an appointment. But what had happened through this sign language that Liz explains to me, like, uh, 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 like, you know, she'd gone in for the appointment. They decided, hey, we are just going to get these teeth out right now. Get in the chair and we are doing this. And so they ripped all her wisdom teeth out on the spot. Now, it was a big shock, okay, for her. And she was like, she was really, she just had all her wisdom teeth out. Anyone who's had their wisdom teeth out knows what that feels like. Hadn't had any preparation, right, mentally to get ready for this. But you know what? I was so happy because guess what? It was bulk build. (laughs) Yay. Praise the Lord. So I'm like wazzing up all her food into a milkshake. Thank you, Jesus. Here's your straw, baby. 
God is an amazing provider, isn't he? And when we trust him, then we see him just do amazing things. And I want you to hear this today. If this, if, if this is a challenging space for you, and if you feel like in particular finances are just something that you have to hold on to with a closed fist and control and be so, so cautious with, I want you to hear this, that everything is the Lord's. That everything that you have now, everything that you have in that clenched fist, it's come from the Lord. It is His. And He calls us to live actually with an open hand. And don't get stuck right now because I am not saying that you can't steward well with an open hand. That's not what I'm saying. Some people think, well, I'm just a good steward. That's why I live like this. You can steward great like this when you release everything to the Father and you trust Him for provision. Give us today the food we need. Forgive us us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Now this prayer that just rolled off our tongue at the beginning of this message, this is getting deep now, okay? And some people, this is where you are just going to get stuck. Forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. There are some people, you do not want to pray this prayer, all right? Otherwise, you would be praying, Lord, forgive me, um, but please don't forgive me like the way I haven't forgiven other people. All right? And some people, I know you're squirming. I'm sorry. This is not me. This is in the Word of God. All right? Jesus is saying this forgiveness stuff is so important that I'm including it in this model of prayer that I'm teaching you right now. And it out of... Think about how many things could have gone into this prayer. And Jesus is saying, we've got to get this. And I want you to hear this today, is that unforgiveness just takes such a hold on us. Bitterness just stirs in our heart. And I can say, I can tell you, it comes between us and the Father. It comes between relationships It changes so much. So when we come to this prayer, imagine the freedom when we can say, Father, I I really do want you to forgive me the way that I have forgiven other people. In that freedom, if you can actually know the forgiveness that you've shown to other people and then receive that from the Father, that is beautiful freedom right here. For some of us, we're stuck right here in this prayer. Go no further. Get this sorted out and then start at the top and go again. Finally, Jesus says, don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. And so this prayer, if we're praying this in reality, we're saying, Lord, my heart is to obey you, to give my future to you. Sin is not in my future. I do not want it. We cannot pray this prayer if in the back of our minds we are still determined to live a sinful life. If we are praying, it's just words. It's just words that are coming out. They mean nothing. And so we're saying, Father, I, I, I do not want to give in to temptation. I want you to stand guard for me against evil in my life. Help me. Help me live that. 
When I was in primary school, I had this friend and he stood at least a foot taller than everyone else in our year level. And that's a good friend to have, right, at times. And uh, we shared some hobbies and we lived near to each other. So, like, we were good mates. And there was this one day, I remember, we were down on the school oval and there was this group of bullies in our school and they just liked beating people up for fun, right? And this day, we were down on the oval, we are minding our own business and this group of bullies, five or six of them came down and on this day, they decided that it was our turn to get beaten up, Okay. Now, I love to tell you that I was feeling strong. I, like, I was, I was freaking out. I was thinking, I am going to cop a beating here today. And I was, I was scared for my life, right? But this is when my friend Shane, he kicked in. And, and one thing that I didn't know about him is that he was a champion at karate. <laughs> he never told me that. I never knew it. Gentle guy. Never would have picked it, okay? So this is like a movie scene. And we're down on the oval and these bullies come down and they surround us and Shane grabs me and he just puts me behind him. And I'm thinking, what's going on here? Like, you know, you're just taking me out of the fight. And as he does that, one of the guys come forward. I'm not endorsing violence here, right? But he just did this kick to this guy's head and the guy just hit the ground. We pray for that, that boy today and... Lord, I hope that he's recovered from that trauma. Just bless him in Jesus' name. But this kick, just like a movie, wow. And this kid just hits the ground. And I watch this like in slow motion. And as I see like that happen, I think, he's got this under control. The other guys, give him credit. They, like, they, they weren't worried about that. They each had their turn and he knocked each one of them to the ground. And you know what? I just had to stand there and be like, yep, oi. Him, get him, yep, him, what about this guy? Yes, there was some trouble that came out of that. Yes, we did have to go to the principal's office and all that sort of stuff. Everyone needs a big friend who is willing to stick up for you. And we need that big friend You know, in Ephesians, it says that our struggle is not with flesh and blood, like karate kicks are not needed in our day to day, but it's with principalities, it's with heavenly powers. And there is this battle and it's waging war all around us. And we need to pray into that space. And more than anything, we need the Father's help for us in that space. And the enemy is hungry to take us out of action. The enemy is hungry to disconnect us from this relationship with our Heavenly Father. And we need to pray, God, rescue us from the evil one. I want you to picture just karate kicks, all right? When we're praying this, Lord, just take them out. And that's what it's going to be like. Okay, so let me recap this as I wrap up. Um, this is, this is a Dan little summary here, okay? We can pray this in, in a few different ways. And I was just meditating on, on this this week, all right? We can come to this prayer from different angles. First of all, I want to show you what it looks like just as a declaration. That if I was to use this in a prayer time as an actual model to pray, what would it look like? Here it is when we actually just declare these things out loud. 
It's Father, I declare that you are God, both all powerful and so personal. I surrender to you. I acknowledge my dependence on you as provider, as forgiver and as protector. So when we take the Lord's Prayer and we pray it that way, we are just declaring who God is in His fullness and our position in relation to Him. Now, let me flip that and just show you what it looks like coming from a different perspective again. I call this the Help Me Prayer, okay? This is the Dan translation, the new awesome Dan translation. And it says, Father, help me to know you more. So if this relationship, this intimate relationship, if you don't know that, or maybe you don't know the sacred side of it, help us just to know you more. Help me to surrender to you. Help me to trust you for provision. Maybe you can honestly say, yep, I don't know if I've really got that down pat. I don't know if I can do that. Help me to forgive and to receive your forgiveness. How many people here need help to forgive? I think that's all of us. Help me to stay strong and live the life you call me to. That's the help me prayer. All right. I want to take you back to the start, okay? I want to take you back to the very start because remember at the beginning, I highlighted that word reward to you, okay? And I said as much that Jesus was implying that if we pray the way God wants us to pray, that there will actually be a reward for us. And so I I hope that you're wondering, well, what's a reward, Dan? Tell us what the reward is. Is it the new car that I'm praying for? Maybe it is that, okay? Maybe your reward is answered prayer, the things that you take to the Father. But here's what I can tell you it will definitely be if you can learn to pray this way With this heart, hear this. If we can pray this really from our heart, they'll tell you what your reward will be. Your reward is going to be relationship with the Heavenly Father. Your reward is going to be security in life. Do you know what it's like when you don't have to worry about finances and provision when you just trust the Father for those things? Your reward is going to be identity in Christ, that because of Him, I know who I am. Your reward is going to be that you actually know that you are forgiven and that you have been set free from what should have been yours. Your reward is going to be knowing you are loved and being able to love others. Your reward will be that your whole life will actually be transformed. If you can live in a way where you can pray this way, then that will be your reward. Are you with me? How many people in this room would just love some peace in their life? How many people in this room, you would love to know security? Maybe for the first time in your life, that you want to be released from worry, How many people here would just love to know that you are good enough as you are, as you sit here, as you listen online, right as you are today, that you are completely and totally loved and accepted by the Father? This is where Jesus is leading us in this place. That's our reward. 
Now I'm going to get the team up and we're going to worship, okay? But there's one more thing I want to do while that's happening. Can we pray this prayer one more time this morning? I want you to jump on your feet. This time, I want to slow it down. This time, I really want you to think about these words and what it means for you this morning as we pray these words. This time, I want the Holy Spirit just, I I want you to be open just to receiving what the Holy Spirit wants to say to you in each of these places as we go through this prayer. I still want us to say it out loud and together, but we're really gonna slow it down. Are you ready? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Let's just sit on that for a second. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. where we worship Him. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, Father, we just thank You for Your Word. Right across this room, for those who are joining us online, Lord, Holy Spirit, we pray that You help this go deep in us, Father. Lord, we pray that You stir things up in our lives, God. Father, we pray that You help us to live in this place of surrender, God, where there's things that need to be released, Lord. We pray that You reveal them and give us the strength to release them to live at Your feet every single day, Father. For those who are struggling with trust, especially in this area of provision, Father, we pray for breakthrough in Jesus' Name, Lord. We thank You this morning that You are Father, Lord. We thank You that You're Provider, God. We thank You that You forgive us, Father. We thank You for who You are, Lord. 
We pray, God, that we might be transformed as we pray, Lord. We invite You to come and work in our hearts. We pray this in Jesus' mighty Name. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to Hope Community Podcasts. We hope you enjoyed today's message and remember to subscribe to the channel to keep up to date. From everyone here at Hope Community, have the best week.